0: previously on the Tony Kornheiser Show.
1: And he wore your clothes. This is a big deal. And Johnny Carson, if anyone's old enough to remember, and some are who are listening to me, they remember Johnny Carson, and they remember how stylish he was in a casual, stylish way. And he wore a narrow jacket every once in a while. So that was big for Pierre Cardin. But if you're going to tell me that the creation of the narrow jacket is more important than breaking the sound barrier, I'm going <laughs> to ask you to leave the earth. <laughs> I'm just going to say, you're just too stupid. to be on the earth. The Tony Kornheiser Show is on now. And I'm sure Jeannie McManus agrees with me on that, and we'll get to her in a second. Let me just open by saying two things. One, to Greg Garcia, who listens. I did get the email. I thought I responded to it. Maybe I didn't respond to it, or maybe I hit the wrong button and sent it to Chef Roberto Dono, which I do most of the time. <laughs> That's very possible, too. And if you heard that small laughter in the background, I welcome my son back. Michael is back from South Carolina, surprising me to be here today, which makes me very happy. We're going to open... We're going to have Jeannie and Tori on, and we're going to open and, with some news. And before I get to that, I will say that when Tori got on the phone, Tori, tell, tell the people what you said when you got on the phone hookup about Jeannie.
2: Well, I said I was so excited that we got to be on the show together today, because that's always spectacular. But I said, you always refer to her as Jeannie, but when she introduces herself to people, I hear her introduce herself as Jean. So I thought maybe I've been mispronouncing it all these, all these years.
1: So, so my reaction, Gene, was that I I just do that all the time. Um, I say Genie all the time because I've always done that, and you've never said to me, "You fool!" It's Gene. <laughs> you've never said that to me. I would have remembered that. So, are you okay with being Genie to some and Gene to most? And how do you think of yourself?
0: I think of myself as Gene. I have never referred to oh. myself as Jeannie. I grew up as Jean. At about age 50, people started calling me Jeannie. And I thought, (laughs) "Hmm, is this insulting or is this a compliment? And I think that because of the way it is spelled, J-E-A-N-N-E, many people, and and I understand why, think that you pronounce that Jeannie. But in fact... When I was growing up, it was actually quite a common name in Catholic schools, and J-E-A-N-N-E. Right. A name? My, my mother wanted to name me for a good patron saint, and so that patron saint is Joan of Arc.
1: Joan I of Arc, sure. Her,
0: Why didn't you name me Joan? But
2: <laughs> nevertheless, that's my may, background.
1: May I ask so, you Tony? Yes, sure.
2: Okay, so I, I wondered if this was a whole Catholic thing, because— Jean, that's going to be so hard to say, Blessed Sacrament, and Vizzy, Georgetown Visitation. I bet Jeannie will be just too much fun for the nuns, right? That's too casual, too hip.
0: Yes, that's right. Yeah, that's right. I mean, there were some names that you were not allowed to name a Catholic baby. It had to be a saint's name. You couldn't name a baby Holly. No, maybe you could... Well, or Molly. I mean, it had to be a saint's name. It had to be in, yep. the, in the canon of saints.
1: So there's no Catholics named Justin or Austin or things like that that are not I saints?
0: Don't, who knows? I mean, you know, back then, the cosmos of saints was pretty large. It's been thinned down recently. As some of these turned out to be apocryphal, not real. Um, so probably not an Austin. There might have been a Justin.
1: So, this is so. Th- what I was going to say is, my my name is Anthony. Nobody calls me Anthony. I've never been called Anthony. My mother did it when she was angry, but very, very rarely. And I've always been Tony. And at an advanced age, I have a name that ends in that familiar sound, Tony, you know, like a child's name. Tori, you took the name Tori, and that has the same sound. I've always, you know, all of my friends, I have a a friend from high school. Bobby Candell. he always refers to himself as Robert. Everybody calls him, you know, I guess now they call him Robert because you want to be an adult, and the diminutive form sort of, you know, makes you more childlike. It's comfortable for me, but do, do you feel that way, that if you are genie, you are somehow, you know, reduced?
0: Um, I, not really. I mean, come on, oh, at
2: this point I in my think life, this that's is not, very not something revealing. I'm going
1: gonna... I think, to. I think this is very
2: revealing, Tony. How? I think this is a good New Year's thing. We need to make a shift and call Jean, as I stutter through it, what she wants to be called.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. No, people should be called what they want to be called, even if yeah. it's your holiness. If that's what you want, I think people should be called that. <laughs> well, but one, uh, Can I take that?
0: One thing that cemented <laughs> Jeanie in the Washington Post newsroom was that Howard Simon, who was then the managing editor, so the second in command,
1: Howard Simons, Always yes.
0: Called me Jeannie. And I was not going to walk up to the managing editor and say, Excuse me, could you please call me Jean? So that's how it kind of grew in the newsroom.
3: Okay. All right. So I got it. All right, Nigel, do yeah.
1: some news. Okay.
3: <laughs> okay. Uh, Mr. Doe, we'll start off with um, with some college football. There were a couple of uh, bowl games last oh, night. Oh, my God. God, did you see? Did you see this guy Kyle Trask,
1: who everybody says is a Heisman Trophy candidate because he had a great year at Florida? He threw three interceptions in the first quarter. He yeah. killed his draft stock. He went down around, at least around, maybe two rounds. Oklahoma destroyed Florida. Florida's lost three games in a row. Oklahoma may be the best team in the country right now. Did any? Yeah. Did, any did you watch any of that, Gene Tory Did yeah, you watch any of that? I, I no. was, some
2: of it, but is wasn't the story of the evening,
3: the smash trophy. <laughs> yeah. I was going to get to that in Wisconsin. What's that? Yeah, sorry. All right. So oh, Wisconsin Wisconsin wins the, the vaunted Duke Duke's Mayo bowl, 48, 28. <laughs> and, then, and then the celebration afterwards, uh, they dropped It's a, it's one of those crystal trophies in the shape of a football. They dropped it and it's smashed into a thousand pieces. They later claimed to have fixed it by attaching a, um, a tub of Duke's mayonnaise on top of the base of the trophy. But, but yeah. well, this is what I
1: was going to ask. Did Still,
3: twenty eight ounces.
1: Yeah, did they did they coat the thing in mayonnaise so that nobody could have held it? <laughs> well, you got yourself a salad now. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, glass salad. Yeah. By the I way, w-
0: I, I am a great supporter of Duke's mayonnaise.
1: What is it? I don't know. Is it Duke Zebert? Who's 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 the, who's no, the Duke in this?
0: It's a mayonnaise. I think it's very popular in the South. It was very yep. hard to find. For a while, it is better than Hellman's
2: mayonnaise. And Gene, didn't, oh. didn't people like Ina Garten put it on the on the map? If you weren't from the Maybe south, I think did. that's how we. Yeah, I think that's how we learned about.
1: Yeah. It.
4: No, no sugar added. No
1: sugar to it. Oh, Michael, tell them I mean, about no. your 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 pilgrimage to Zaxby's.
4: Ooh. We'll get to that. I need I need more runtime for that. We have to go to my four my four chicken finger platter that I ate chasing the boys between the Zaxby's and the Burger King off exit twenty two.
1: Okay. In what state were you <laughs> this in? This is North Carolina. North Carolina. Okay, tremendous. Because Michael went out on a reconnaissance mission to find out about Zaxby since we've had so many people from Statesboro, Georgia proclaim how great Zaxby's is because it is from Statesville, Georgia. tried to get a
4: chicken sandwich, but they only had it on Texas Toast, which was, which was just baffling to me, so I went with what I knew. Different spice blender that you might find
1: <laughs> at a Bojangles or a Chick-fil-A. So, Gene, as a, as, a, as a former food editor, st- uh, are you up or down on Texas Toast?
0: I don't know what Texas Toast is.
1: It's gigantically thick bread. It's like three
4: pieces of white bread yeah. together with a lot of butter on it.
1: Yeah, it's really, um, it's enough, it's a meal in itself, but a bad meal. It's a bad meal. It sounds like something good. that
0: would clot in my stomach.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. that's what it would do. All right, Nigel, go ahead. Well, this is some sad news for me because I'm a fan of the Boston Bruins, but very good news, uh, or at least good news for your Washington Capitals. Zdeno Chara, the former captain of the Boston Bruins, has signed a one-year deal with your washington capitals chara aged seventy nine will make seven hundred and ninety five thousand yeah. dollars for washington there 's two things three. to know
1: three things to know one is that he 's going to be in the hall of fame he 's a great absolutely. player more appropriately for this deal he 's six foot seven he 's the six. biggest guy in hockey he 's six, six nine, nine maybe he 's enormous he 's absolutely yes. enormous and he 's a hundred years old i mean it 's doubtful he can play very well at all. <laughs> But Tori, you go to all the games. You must know Chara yeah. from the Bruins. What do you I think? know
2: of him I know of him largely because of my children and who are bigger Caps fans than I am and they're really excited and they thought it was great yes. and it's only it eight hundred grand or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. But can I tell yeah. my TJ Oshi story very quickly? Sure. So Christmas morning our our wonderful children give Brian and me a cameo video. I think we talked about cameos before famous people do these quick videos, very personalized for someone and you pay a hundred bucks, 200 bucks, whatever it is, depending on how famous the person is. And they're very, very well done. I am, you know, Uh, Devin got me Stormy Daniels last year for my birthday. They're great. (laughs) Stormy Daniels. (laughs) She did a very nice job. Um, So they got us a cameo video from T.J. Oshie. She's a
1: skilled performer. That's how come she did a good job. But go ahead. Exactly. She knows how to show up. So is T.J.
2: And he does this yeah. wonderful video, Torian Brian, thanks for being Caps fans. I hear you've had more beers through New jerseys than I have, which is saying something great. You know, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, whatever. Really well done. And we watch it. And I said, that is great. And I looked at my kids who do not necessarily plan ahead. And I said, how long ago do you guys have to get that? And he said, yesterday. I said, what? <laughs> I said, yeah, Christmas Eve. And it's his birthday. So now I'm thinking to myself, how nice a guy is he or... How badly How poor he in the millions that the cats <laughs> yeah. pay him that he thought he'd a couple hundred bucks on Christmas Eve. But <laughs> There's a lot well of money done. in
4: these cameo videos, huh? There's yeah. a lot of a lot of money in this. Really? Yeah, like bit TV yeah. actors who are famous in one scene. Yes, I
1: should yes. do them.
0: I, I can I can oh. hear the wheel of Tony's brain spinning. <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah, that's a retirement income. That's good. Okay, Absolutely. what else, Nigel?
0: And you can go cook chicken in
3: their kitchen.
1: Yes, I'd love to do that.
3: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Didn't you always talk, uh, Tony, about how you wanted to just do celebrity lunches with people?
1: No, I hate celebrity <laughs> lunches. As Gene well knows, Gene and I went on our first and last celebrity lunch together. It was awful.
3: Because as you awful. said, like after, after you it's order, awful. you're like, I've run out of things. It's over.
4: <laughs> no, there's nothing to talk about. So what do you think about the Nats off season, Tony? <laughs> <laughs> just,
5: you know, awful.
3: All right, what else? Uh, Melancholy at Betrayals, Mr. Tony, for um, Don Wells, uh, better known as Marianne on Gilligan's Island, passed away yesterday at the age of 82 after battling COVID-19. So I I was not, I mean, I know
1: Gilligan's Island. I know what the people looked like at that period of time. I am not as enraptured of this particular show as many people my age are. Um, I I think she's probably the last surviving member of the cast. Gene, did you watch that show? Was that a big one for you? Uh
0: not one second of it. Never. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. I don't know. Tori, you, you you're pretty young. You wouldn't have done it.
2: Yeah. I, no, I think it was probably winding up when I started watching television. I liked it. And I think, wasn't it one of the first shows where the, there really was this ensemble cla- cast and you really yes. got to know them? And they, it was as much their personalities as anything else throughout. I think it was quite I, fun. I, and I, yes.
1: Yeah, I think, think there were was, like, like six or seven people away.
2: Yeah, and I was an idiot when I was young. I thought maybe it was true. I think I probably thought it was a true story.
1: Documentary, yeah.
2: When when
0: it was on, we were a one TV household. Yeah, It's hard to imagine that now, but it was often the case back in olden days.
1: I understand that, and then I guess your parents get to rule as to what will be on if you have one TV. We had one TV for one car and one TV pretty much all of my life till I went to college. We had one car and one TV and we didn't get color television till I was um, a junior or a senior in high school. We didn't have it, you know, didn't have it. It was no color, it was all black and white. What else, Nigel? Uh,
3: by the way, one small correction: Tina Louise, who played Ginger, is the last living cast member, she's Oh, good. years old, Oh, great, so great, good for her, good and for her. I have one final maybe story.
1: Maybe Tori, maybe your children can get her to do a celebrity <laughs> video for you next year.
3: And I bet bet
2: it's not
1: 200 bucks. I'm just saying. No, no. No, it's $15 in car fare. (laughs) It's
3: nothing. Uh, Mr. Tony, this is what many people are describing as the perfect crime. I'm going to take you to Peabody, Massachusetts on Christmas Eve to a Petco. A couple entered the store around 4.30 p.m., asked an employee if they could play with the albino cinnamon ball python. How many of us haven't (laughs) wanted to do that in our lives, (laughs) play with an albino cinnamon ball python? When the employee said that's against the store policy, the man then said, well, then I'd like to just buy it. So the employee put the snake in a box, brought it to the register area. When the employee put it on the counter, the man grabbed the box and he and the woman who's with him ran out of the store and they are still at large, as is the albino cinnamon ball python. That is the perfect crime. Well, it's perfect, except that
1: there's undoubtedly pictures of these people at the register, don't you think?
3: One would think. I'm not sure how high tech. I don't know if they have Simply Safe at Petco. If they did, they could just review that videotape.
0: <laughs> well, Nigel, aren't there Python sniffing dogs around that can find it?
3: <laughs> yes. Well, they have to bring them up from their special duties down in the Everglades where they're hunting the Burmese python. Well, that's but there. so
1: that is the whole point. If they avoid Florida, <clears throat> they can keep this <laughs> snake until the snake eats them, because the snake will. The snake Eventually. will. Eat them, right? And that's what snakes do. Yeah, They'll eat that's them. Exactly right. It'll, it'll yeah. wrap itself around them, crush them, and eat them.
3: Yes. And the other spouse will say, I don't know why they did this. The snake always seemed to like us so much. No. <laughs> Just, the snake <laughs> looked at you and said, one day, I'm going to eat you. All right. Okay. Thanks, everybody. This was awesome, fun.
1: I appreciate you. it. Happy New Year. Everybody. Yes, Bye, Jean. that's That's Gene, Jean, not Jeannie anymore, and Tori. <laughs> And we will take a break. I don't
0: care.
1: Thank you. We will take a break and we will come back with uh, Jason Lockenfora of CBS Sports. I am Tony Kornheiser. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. This is the Wonder Woman 1984 ad. You, all of you, can experience the epic adventure Wonder Woman 1984 in theaters and on HBO Max, now streaming at no extra cost to HBO Max subscribers. So if you subscribe, you get this. Plus, with HBO Max, stream the greatest collection of series, movies, and exclusive Max originals all in one place. Discover something new to watch. The Undoing, The Flight Attendant, His Dark Materials, and so much more. And so much more, I think, implies there are more shows. I don't think there is a show called And So Much More. Although, second season. Yeah, it is the second <laughs> yeah. season of And So Much More. Go to hbomax.com. hbomax.com. I shouldn't have to spell that for you because HBO are letters. HBOMax.com or download the app to sign up and start streaming today.
2: This is the Tony Kornheiser Show.
1: These are the Crooked Coast. Or this is Crooked Coast. It's Luke, it's John, it's Ben, and it's Shaq. This is called Crooked Christmas. And um, Rob uh, Dundon writes, Every year we talk about doing a Christmas song, and this was the year we wrote it for a yet-untitled Hallmark movie filming on the Cape. And then parenthetically had Set your DVR, Carol. They wanted a slow <laughs> version, but we sent you the rocker. So You know, they're really wonderful. They're, yeah. And they... Send us stuff all the time, and they're gonna. Well, they'll play in Jeff Ma later as well. Crooked Coast, we're big fans of theirs. They play in Jason Lock and four of CBS Sports, and and I'm gonna start. I'm gonna do local, just because I know you've talked about this on radio because you couldn't be in this area and avoid talking about this. Yeah. What do you make of Washington abruptly, and I think correctly. I think yeah. correctly, cutting Dwayne Haskins and nobody claiming him. Nobody wants him. What do you think?
6: Well, I think that the uh, transaction was inevitable. Um, It it turns out uh, they didn't need him anymore, didn't think. He was one of their three best quarterbacks, three most available quarterbacks. uh, Around the uh, middle of the third quarter, or certainly by the end of that game when Heineke ran around and made a few plays, Uh, at that point he was completely expendable. Uh, They weren't going to fire him during that game, but they sure were going to fire him pretty soon after. Um, and they would have done it the previous week, and I shouldn't say they. say Ron Rivera would have done it the previous week if he thought that was the best thing, the, the, the best move to make, to try to win a vastly important football game. And he decided that, no, um, this guy might give me my best chance to win, and I need to, I need to explore that option. And then he reached a point where he no longer thought that. And then it went from being a defrocking of a captaincy and a $40,000 fine to a termination. And have a nice career.
1: So So I'm... Sure. Go ahead. No, no, no. All right. So let me just say this as somebody who's watched him. I am so tired of people writing columns bleating for him to get another chance. He's had multiple chances. He blew every chance that he had. He had terrible behavior off the field. Terrible behavior off the field. And he wasn't any good on the field. This wasn't any good. So, I I mean, everybody blames all the other people involved in this. How about blaming him? I read a story last night. You know, I read the story last night. I hope to get another chance and I'm really going to be better. You know what? He's Johnny Manziel. He's not going to be better. Am I wrong on this one? Um.
6: I don't know if he's Johnny Manziel because jo- Johnny Manziel had some some demons um, and some some substance stuff going on that I th- okay. think is, is yeah no Dwayne Haskins doesn't have
1: that difference. but it's repeated bad behavior yes. it's repeated
6: well I- I'll say this um, Johnny ha- uh, I mean uh, nobody was given up on um, Manziel at age twenty three they they just weren't um, he wasn't out of the league and sort of uh, expunged, what, uh, not even all the way through his second season. Um, I think Johnny Manziel played before he should have, and same thing with, with Haskins. I think Johnny Manziel got caught up in some coach versus owner stuff, which I would say Haskins absolutely sure. did, and Jay sure. Gertz did him no favors by playing him when he did, uh, that he got caught in a tug of war between a coach who didn't want to be there anymore um, and an owner who came this close to firing that coach over the spring and summer. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, the the year they drafted Haskins, and and no, I'm not surprised that nobody claimed him because it's a lot of money on a rookie contract, and, and everybody okay. knew he was going to clear. And then if you have some interest, um, you can get him at your price on your terms. Uh, do I think someone signs into a no-frills deal? Um, probably a multi-year deal because if it does work out, you want to be able to control him for a while. Um, I, it would not surprise me, Tone. And then where it goes from there, boy, I don't know. There's a lot of variables. He's got a lot of growing up to do. It's got to be the right group um, around him. But I, I will just say this. It takes a village to raise a quarterback. That village in Ashburn has never – I mean, you got to go back a long time Right. So when that village last correctly incubated, developed, cultivated, uh, and stuck with a young quarterback. So um, I I think you got to factor that in as well.
1: And I'm going to give you all that. And I do think he's going to get another chance, but he, whenever he does something bad, he says, I'm taking accountability and I'll try and do better. And then he doesn't really actually do better. To me, there are two teammates of his from Ohio State on that team. I haven't heard them say, boy, he got hosed. I haven't heard that. No, no, I haven't but, heard it from Chase Young or Terry McLaurin. I haven't heard it.
6: And, and when they're in the situation they're in with their season and the coach is dealing with his health issues and – you just laid an egg against Seattle, and then the prevailing story that week is your social media and was it a strip club or was not in a strip club and does it even matter because you're still violating protocols. Oh. And we're trying to stick together here and, and win this division title, and we need you the most now, and this is what you do. No one's going to come out and, and defend them. It was over here. Like that – It. I mean, I was reporting as much. It was, and look, this thing yeah. was over week three when he got benched. They asked for a trade, and they kind of, sort of tried to trade him, but not really, uh, because they still weren't sure about Alex. I mean, this whole thing has been—it it, it, would have been over by the trade deadline if not for this division being so bad, if not for the, this this somewhat miraculous situation with Alex Smith that also comes with major caveats, um, if not for you know Kyle Allen getting knocked out for the season. But, yes, this was the end there. No one was really going to come out and be like, we we got to keep this guy around any longer. But I don't know that those sins make him completely untouchable in other buildings. You have to do some homework. You need to talk to him. You need to talk to people around him. Um, you need to get a sense of where his head is at and, and what he's really what, what, how badly he does want this, his, his, his dedication, uh, his willingness to work. I don't know anyone, even those in that building who least like him as a quarterback, I don't know anyone that thinks he's a bad kid. Um, I don't know anyone who thinks he's on a self-destructive path. He's just very immature, um, not that self-aware, and he he needs to be more of a self-starter.
1: Okay. All right, let me move on to something else, Uh, talking about people who will be at different spots next year. What do you make of J.J. Watt? What do you make of all the things J.J. Watt said about the team yeah. that he plays for? I mean, is, is there, has there ever been anybody who basically said, could you get me out of here right now more than J.J. Well, J. Watt?
6: Look, I, I reported before the trade deadline that he badly won out, that um, he would not he did not want to return for his final year in Houston. He had told a lot of people that, you know, I'm staring at my football mortality. I, I have um, had a really nice career. You know, I'm, a lot of people say a historically significant career. I have not played in any historically significant games. I am not on a franchise uh, with a franchise that it looks like it's close to playing any historically significant games at any time. I only have so many more football games in this body, and I only have one more year on my deal. And I know I might not pass some teams' physicals, or some teams would have issues about my health at this stage in my career, and whether I'm worth 17 or not, but whatever games I do have left in my career – I don't want to be playing them next December for another five-win team, you know, playing for a draft pick. Uh, That's done. Um, And I think this was as much as this soliloquy was about what's going on with that team uh, and how frustrated he is by it, I think it was also a release of a lot of what's been inside him, which is I care so much. People around here don't seem to care as much. This is another wasted season for me, going nowhere, playing for that guy O'Brien, who we were never going anywhere under. And now they get rid of him, and we, just, we, we still can't win games there's still all this palace intrigue about who's going to win the fight for Cal McNair's heart and mind and who's going to win the fight for what coach we bring in and who he's going to have ties to and and who's his guy going to be. And it's just not really about being the best franchise we can be and winning football games. And I'm not going to attack the owner, but I damn sure I'm going to shine a light on what's going on in this locker room. And this is why I don't want to be here anymore. This is not professional grade. This needs to be better. Um, and I'm near the end, and I'm, I'm looking around, and I'm looking at the rest of the league. I'm looking at my brother in Pittsburgh going to the playoffs. I'm looking at my hometown team, the Green Bay Packers, flirting with the one seed. <laughs> we got four wins.
1: Right. Can't, can't endear him to his teammates. Cannot. They must want him out now, don't you think?
6: I think everybody in that building uh, knew at the trade deadline that this was the end and that Cal yeah. McNair was going to have to do right by this guy because he was going to make it clear that this was no longer smart for him or the team to have him you know as one of its highest paid players in the final year of a deal where there wasn 't going to be an extension and where he wants to go to a winner and I think you need to respect someone who 's given all he 's given to that franchise. I think you need to respect that. And they weren't quite ready to go there at the deadline because it would require. It's a difficult trade to make with the contract, with the medicals, in season, with COVID restrictions and everything else. But you got six months now before you play a real football game again. And, and I'll just tell you what I would have told you at week eight at the trade deadline, that he does not have a future in Houston, and he won't be there in 2021.
1: Okay. I'll ask you a TV question. Okay. How about flexing? the Eagles, and the, and the Washington football team to Sunday night. The highest-rated show every week is Sunday night football. How about flexing two complete losing teams into that? What do you make of that?
6: Uh, you know, I think you look at the schedule, and it's one game that you could move to that window, and no matter what happens in any of the earlier windows, it's going to decide something significant. That's right. It's going That's to right. decide a four-seed. And just the weird way that this thing has played out this year, um, boy, nothing else. I mean, you, you couldn't be sure with with you know is is yeah, Pittsburgh, Cleveland that looked good two weeks ago, but you know by Tuesday, Tomlin said what everybody knew he would say, "I'm going to airmail my guys into the playoffs," which I, I could listen to Mike Tomlin. I would love to see him, like, say, Grace at Thanksgiving. I could listen to Mike Tomlin read a phone book or not that those exist anymore. He's just the best. Um, But he wasn't going to play his guys, so what does that game look like? And by halftime, Buffalo's not really going to be playing their guys. So what would that look like? Um, You know, Jalen Hurts is trying to win over that that job, and they've got to – look, there's plenty to talk about with the Eagles with their season if you're looking for backstories and subplots that aren't exactly what's happening on the field. Washington, come on. I mean, you've got the quarterback who's not there anymore. You've got the nickname thing. You've got Ron Rivera. Um, You've got Alex Smith in this redemptive story. Um, And maybe Tyler Heineke, who last we saw him was shotgun and white claws in the XFL or whatever. Like, (laughs) you know, it's not ideal tone, but I think, you know, Rams against Cardinals. I mean, it might mean everything. It might not. It also might be Chris... Deverer against John Wolford, like that might be your starting quarterbacks. So I just think it was them, you know, looking at a situation where where we where we guaranteed to have significant playoff factors. Um, And while you don't have the Cowboys on TV, I mean, if they could get a zoom anywhere around Jerry Jones, if he wins his football game, you know, sitting around watching this one, you get to talk about the Cowboys at least. So, ah, you know, uh, I'll be watching.
1: Me too. It, it is, by the way, it is pretty amazing to me that without a bubble, uh, the it's NFL weird. season is, is going all the way through. But it does lead to this because of what's happened recently with Cleveland, because of what happens in meeting rooms and people don't what happened in Denver. I'm going to assume and maybe you will assume as well that when we get to the championship games in the AFC and the NFC and then the Super Bowl, I'm going to assume a bubble of sorts or am I wrong?
6: I mean, I think teams will do their individual. I think teams will have the latitude to do what they see fit. And the closer you get to that chalice, the more you might be able to get full buy-in from you know for a period of you know six days between the, the division title and the and the championship game, where people essentially stay in a hotel or, or you know sort of quarantine to some degree. Um, I don't think the league is going to step in and, and intervene. Uh, unless a situation, you know, uh, demands it, uh, I think as the field whittles, you know, everybody who's there still has the, the ultimate motivation. And and most teams, most coaches, most players, uh, most strength and conditioning guys have adhered to this thing pretty, pretty, you know, uh, vigilantly. So I don't know that it's going to go there. I don't know that it's going to have to go there. Um, but obviously, look, we could have this conversation tomorrow, and we could be talking about a completely different landscape than what we see right, right. now. That is the nature right. of this virus. So nothing is obviously guaranteed.
1: All right, plug your radio show for us.
6: Uh, you can listen to me meander and pontificate from 2 to 6 every afternoon. A lot about the NFL, but not solely about the NFL. On Inside Access on 1057 The Fan. In Baltimore with my co-host Ken Wyman and our super producer and super Washington football team fan Cordell Woodland. We are also on the radio.com app. We'll make you laugh. We'll make you cry. Spend your New Year's with us.
1: Fantastic. (laughs) Thank you, Jason. Good job out of you. We'll talk to you. You too. Jason Lock boys and girls. We'll take a break. We are going to come back. Jeff Ma is, we think, is going to join us he usually joins us and by usually i mean he's been on every week from bet the process there is a james carville sighting it is possible it is possible james carville whose record has been totally expunged it's zero zero now it is possible carville will join us and say something about football games it is possible i'm not exactly sure i'm tony kornheiser this is the tony kornheiser show
5: tony kornheiser
1: show This is the Simply Safe ad. Everyone wants to keep their home and family safe, whether it's from a break in a fire, flooding, or a medical emergency. Simply Safe Home Security delivers award-winning 24-7 protection. Don't like 24-7. With Simply Safe, you just don't get an arsenal of cameras and sensors. You get the best professional monitors in the business. They've got your back day and night, ready to send police, fire, or EMTs when you need them most straight to your door. Michael, you installed this in our former, I guess our present studio that we're not in. Do you think it's still working? Still working. Couldn't be easier to install. Nigel and I handled it with no issues. Simply Safe has an arsenal of sensors and cameras that protect every inch of your home. You can set it up in about 30 minutes. Michael did it. Nigel did it. It's super easy. Then Simply Safe's professionals take over, monitoring your home and ready to send help the moment there's an alarm. Plus, with Simply Safe, there's no long-term contract, no hidden fees or installation costs. So I skipped over the 24-7 because I don't really yeah, like why, that. Yeah, why don't you like 24-7? It just It's such a cliche. It's just such a cliche. Why don't you go 24-7, 365? You know what I mean? Why don't you uh, talk about the signs you see in the neighborhood? I hate the signs in the neighborhood. <laughs> <laughs> I hate them. I'm not a sign person. I mean, there's one sign I really admire, and all the others I, I don't. I was talking about
4: the Simply Safe signs. Oh, there's a
1: bunch of them. Yeah, a lot of exactly. people use it. They make me, they, they're oh, comforting. I thought you meant those signs. No, it this says, is still you know, the
4: Simply Safe read. Okay.
1: Right now, listeners to this high-quality podcast get a free home security camera, which is worthwhile. I add parenthetically, when you purchase a Simply Safe system at simplysafe.com/slash tony. You also get a 60 day risk free trial, so there's really nothing to lose. Visit simplysafe, S I M P L I, simplysafe.com slash Tony for your free security camera today. That's simplysafe.com slash Tony. And as we always say, use the code, people, use the code. This is the Tony Kornheiser Show. This is Crooked Coast, one more time. This is a song called See You Again. And by the way, if you care about the band, John and Jenna McNamara welcome Baby John back in October. Ben still refuses to join the Facebook, but continues to raise the bar for albums and merchandise with Luke. And Shaq became an American citizen last week. Congratulations. Finally, Luke Ever the Optimist says, all these challenges reminded us how much we love creating magic and music. So stay tuned for 2021. If you want to listen to Crooked Coast, Crooked Coast in its entirety, the end of the podcast you can do this and Michael how do people send in original music Send
4: us your music by emailing it to jingles at tony dot okay
1: so James Carville left this show in anticipation of the election he was Clempt about the election the election turned out good for him and us I would parenthetically add there'll be a we think there'll be a new president on January 20th and James, we expunged James's record because he was not—he was not fully into football when he was making picks. Not fully in. You're back. What have you got? You must feel good about the election. Well, I, I,
7: I feel good about Georgia. That, that's okay. that's what I've been spending in my time. But we'll get out. Of, we'll get out of the political realm here. I got one okay. micro pick.
1: Okay. The Saints
7: are a really good bet at, at, at eight, uh, 17 to two to win the Super Bowl. Why do I say that? I'm a homer. I admit that. Remember, 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 Michael Thomas is coming back to the playoffs. Right? Drew Brees is at 50%. And we don't have the, the best receiver in the league. At least last year was the best receiver in the league. That is going to, we played Kansas City. It was a close game. We, they beat us 32-29. Drew was at best 50% if we had no Michael Thomas. It's going to change the whole way that team plays they're going into the playoffs with the best running back probably in the league and last at least last year's best receiver i i i, I am more if i if i could take either new orleans or tampa bay to win over green bay or kansas city i would i think the, orleans, I, and the problem you the to have is if they have to play tampa bay again they got to beat them three times in one year
1: it's that hard to do
7: That's hard to do yes right? go to the to the bowl games for now but i i, I would really look at the saints at seven last i looked at was plus eight hundred fifty dollars which figures out that you bet 200 you win 1700 I, I think that's a good bet all right in jo- georgia in cincinnati are playing georgia's a seven point favorite take cincinnati georgia does not want to play this game they don't want to play it's a giant disappointment. I know it's at the Peach Bowl. It's like a bowl, a home game, but nobody goes to them anyway. What the hell difference? That's right. Does that, mate? That's okay, exactly I, right. I, I, Cincinnati is good. Are they as good as Georgia under ordinary circumstances? Probably not, but these are not ordinary circumstances. The one SEC team I would take is I would take A&M in later eight. Why do I say that? Because Jimbo is pissed. All right, he is Oh, really yeah, that insane. he didn't get in.
1: He's angry. He's yeah, angry that he Ohio State's in. in.
7: Yep. Yep. And his team has something to play for. And he is going to use that. I, I, I don't generally like the SEC and these lesser bowl games because they're, that, 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 you know, you saw what happened to Florida. Florida had oh, a lot of people out oh, They, they stunk. That game. They, they, but they had plenty of people out. And I actually like Tulsa minus two and a half over Mississippi State. I think Tulsa's pretty good. And, again, if you're in Mississippi State, you just Tulsa's more excited about playing this game. they got more to prove. I, I, I think these bowl games are just sloppy this year. People are not that interested in them. But if you got a team that's motivated against a team that's not motivated, I, I think that goes
1: a long way in these things. Do you have picks in the in the playoffs? Do you have picks in the playoffs?
7: No. I, I mean, I went through it. I can't. I just can't get excited about the NFC East. Uh, no,
1: no, I'll, no, no. I mean, I mean, in in the college football playoffs. I mean, the Alabama uh, game and Ohio State I, game.
7: I'm just going to go with these three. Okay. Uh, I, I that's 20 points is a lot. Of, I mean, that's a lot of points away. I mean, I, I know Notre Dame professionally overrated. I really like Army. I really want to take Army, but the have... The kids are starting some kind of a potential cheating scandal, and yeah. that just that that'd be a terrible distraction. I think there. there's 17 players on the team that are going to play. That it, maybe this is going to turn out to be less than we think, but that, that'd be a pretty big distraction. So I, I laid off Army. As you know, I'm a big Army fan. I love. I know.
1: It. Yeah, you've liked Army. But, and Army had a really good year. That's a two loss team. Really, they had a really good year. Yeah,
7: great year. I, I and I, I really liked them. But the the cheating stuff worries me. You know, if you got 17 of the players, that that scared me off of them.
1: Okay. All right. I'm
7: I'm, I'm, I'm concentrating now. All right. Like I said, I can't – look, I'll I'll go 0 for 3, but at least if people follow me, they know I thought about it. I don't mind mind going 0 for 3, but what I don't want to do is get up 10 minutes before and then pull three teams out of my ass. (laughs)
1: thank you you, james thank you james james carville boys and girls and we'll have to make a decision whether or not to use that particular exit line which i like so much that i'm going to say yes we're going to do it that's really good all right uh is jeff ma with us or do we have to make a phone call i think sean is calling him as we speak okay james was wonderful i'm sort of surprised that he didn't pick the college football playoff games though I mean, okay, I, you don't well. want to lay all that much. You don't uh, – if, if, if I learned anything last night, I, I worry about – I now worry about Alabama because Alabama and Georgia was a one-touchdown game. Now, Alabama and Florida was a one-touchdown game, and Florida looked inept – last night against Oklahoma. Really, again, I'll say this again. Oklahoma may be the best team in the country right now. They lost their first two games, and they were eliminated at that point, but they're really good. And Alabama, Alabama's playing Notre Dame, right? I don't know that they can cover. That's a big number. What's the the number on the Clemson game? What is Uh, the number on that? Clemson giving seven and a half, I see here. Just seven and a half on Ohio State. Well, that's because yep. they figure Ohio State is motivated because of what happened with Dabo Sweeney <laughs> sure. putting them eleventh in the last poll. Eleventh. Yep. So the game that that uh, that James picked, Texas A and M. What bowl game is that? Who are they
3: playing? UNC, Texas. Oh, North Carolina. Yeah, that's, okay. That's the uh, Capital One Orange Bowl. Yeah,
1: you know you didn't have to call it the Capital One. I the mean, Orange Bowl. <laughs> it's the Orange <laughs> Bowl. So <It's> the
3: Orange <laughs> Bowl. Orange Jeff, bowl. Jeff, yeah, on Jeff on the line. line
1: yeah. Jeff's with us. Okay, so we make the smooth transition to Jeff Ma from the podcast, Bet the Process. Jeff Ma, 5-1 and one last week, 8-3 and three in the last two weeks. The big sprint towards the finish. The question that overhangs Week 17, particularly with games involving, for example, Pittsburgh, which is not going to even play its regulars, and Buffalo, which by the second half may yank the regulars, how, is, there, is there a method to betting these sorts of games, or do you just, Jeff, stay away from those games?
8: Yeah, I think those games are, are tough because you just don't know who's going to play. When In situations when the, the teams are, are sort of resting players um, and, and you think they may, pay, may pull players, it's hard to bet either for or against those teams simply because the market, it, this is not knowledge that nobody knows, right? Like, this is already built into the line at some level, and how the market and, and how a market reacts to something like that is better than than you as an individual can. I think going into, you know, Week 17, there are some interesting narratives that you can look at, right? There's these teams in these, you know, must-win or need-to-win situations, and oftentimes what you'll see in those games is that those teams will get bet throughout the week, and by the end of the week, that narrative that this team needs to win has created value on the other side. And so betting the other side late in those games tends to be a pretty profitable situation um, because there's a reason that these teams need to win. They're not, they're not elite. They're not the best teams. Um, there's a reason they're not in the situation where they can rest players. So um, oftentimes, again, those teams become overvalued by the market.
1: I think there's like eight or nine games uh, with playoff implications that somebody has to win. And I said this yesterday, it is altogether possible in the AFC that an 11 and five team will not make the playoffs. They will just not make it, which is almost unheard of. Although the the Patriots, the year that, that Brady got hurt were 11 and five and did not make the playoffs. If I remember correctly. So who do you have for us this week, Jeff?
8: I'm going to take some of those teams. We're going to take Cincinnati plus 13 against a Baltimore team that, you know, everyone is, has is on board right now. Um, But again, I think this line will continue to go up. I like Cincinnati getting a lot of points here right now. It's 13, but I think it'll end up becoming more. Okay. I'm going to take the bears plus the five and a half um, against the Packers. Obviously the Packers have looked great last week and generally look like the the best team in the NFC right now. Um, But the bears have played uh, really well. Uh, down the stretch, um, they went from having sort of a dismal quarterback play to all of a sudden having a pretty, you know, pretty reasonable quarterback play with Trubisky back in there. And um, this is a game that you know both teams obviously need, so I think motivation is equal. Obviously, Chicago needs it a little bit more um, because Green Bay is just you know trying to lock in that that first round bye and um, home field. But um, I like Chicago getting the points here.
1: Okay, what else?
8: I'm going to take San Francisco plus the six points. I just think San Francisco is a team that's, you know, again, playing hard, getting players back. No reason to mail it in this one. Um, getting six points here I think is, is, uh, is value on, on the Niners. Um, they showed last week that they're still playing hard, um, and I think they certainly can keep this game within the six points. Okay. And then we're going to go with the, the Eagles plus the one-and-a-half. Again, this is going to be a situation where people are going to say, "Oh, they're going to mail it in, or they're going to quit." I think with you know a team that is still relatively young, a quarterback that is young, they're going to you know they're going to want to win this game. And I think we we saw last week that um, Washington has, is is having some struggles. Uh, you know, obviously they're starting a different quarterback and one that may be a little bit well rested instead of being in a strip club, so that they'll be in a better situation. <laughs> Um, potentially to, to win this game but you know you're still talking about an undrafted quarterback um, that that will be starting for them um, and I, I'm just I'm just not seeing where they should necessarily be favored in this game
1: okay got another one for us um, and then finally the Giants
8: uh, plus the three against Dallas Dallas is is a team that everyone is now sort of on board with um, their game last week made everyone think that this is the you know, the elite talented team that people thought would be, you know, one of the class in the NFC, but um, Giants, you know, have have you know, have a very, very good defense. I think we'll give Dalton some problems and um, will be you know, they'll just need to score. Hopefully Daniel Jones is a bit healthier than he's been. I mean, and this this Cowboys team can give up some points. So I like the Giants plus the three here.
1: Do you have any thoughts on the college football playoff games? So every once in a while, you give us one of those. Are you yeah. doing that this year?
8: I, I, I probably should have looked a little bit at those to give out. I mean, obviously the Bulls this year are a little wonky. You don't even know yeah. whether they'll and well, some of them will end up getting played. I, I it, it's hard for me not to like both favorites in, in the in that game because I do think that that you know Clemson and, and Bama are a class above both of these teams. I mean, I'm a Notre Dame fan. My my dad um, came over from China. Went directly to South Bend, Indiana, and uh, and got a master's there. So I would love to see the Irish do well, but but in every situation they've been in recently, and when they've played an elite team like this, they've lost and they've lost badly. And and I think this is a situation, unfortunately, where Alabama is is a historically great team, um, and I think Notre Dame will have will have trouble in this game. So I would, if if I were to take anything, it'd be Bama there. And then certainly Clemson um, proved it is proving that with the health that they've got. I mean, the first time they played Notre Dame, they had five starters out, and and you know obviously Trevor Lawrence, which is big. Um, so now playing against an Ohio State team which struggled um, to score and struggled uh, quite a bit at, at, against the Northwestern team. Um, you know, I, I like Clemson also to to cover the seven and a half. So I, I think both favorites, and then hopefully a, a, a great national championship
1: game. Yeah. I won't hold you to those picks. I mean, I'm not going to put them down, but I, I just wondered if you had a particular thought about that. The thing I had said earlier is when I saw Florida last night um, and they were so close to Alabama in the sec championship game, it gave me reason to think that maybe Alabama wouldn't cover because that is such a big number with Notre Dame. Yeah. It's, it's
8: like I said, it's, it's it's a big number. Um, you know, the Florida, I, I heard you saying your thoughts on Oklahoma. Yeah, Oklahoma was, is, is, a, is a really good team. And the thing that was different about them this year than any of the former Lincoln-Riley teams is, is how good their defense was. Um, and that was an interesting game because Florida opened as a favorite and ended, I think, as like a touchdown underdog or something like that. So, it, you know, they, there was a lot of uh, momentum on Oklahoma at the end of, that, at the, end of, this, of the season.
1: It was. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you. We'll talk to you next week. Okay. Thanks, Tony. Jeff Ma, boys and girls, his, his podcast with Rufus Peabody, who apparently everybody who listens to this show went to school with, went to high school with, is called Bet the Process. Jeff Ma's dad picked up a degree at Notre Dame. Wow, that's cool. That's interesting information. Uh, that has nothing to do with him being a water polo player, of course, but uh, I wonder if his dad played water polo in China. I wonder. wonder if they have water they have water polo all over the world because well they have it all over the world because it's an olympic sport it's been olympic sport forever so they obviously have it all right we will take a break uh we will have email and a jingle when we return yes am i correct on that that is correct yes i'm tony kornheiser i know i'm correct on that
3: (laughs) this is the tony kornheiser show
1: fantastic that's the marching band from the university of missouri makes me very very happy
3: nigel you want to do the bethesda bagel ad? yes uh bethesda bagels we love them you will as well go to bethesdabagels.com for the location nearest you in the washington dc area and then stop on it start your year right, right head on by and get some great bagels with the bagel sandwiches like we got today and you, you will got be it. very happy M- michael's uh saving that bagel sandwich michael just a
1: quick review up or down on Zaxby's. I mean, where are we? Big big thumbs up, more of a family
4: style establishment than even Chick-fil-A or Bojangles, a lot of platters. I'm interested in the seasoning they put on the crinkle fries. The crinkle fries are very nostalgic. You go in there. It's like when you trick your mom into getting you the Orida baking yeah. um, baking French fries. They were not as crunchy as those, but there's a little sweetness to that Cajun blend.
1: So you so you'd go back?
4: I'd go back. I'm I'm a little I'm leery of the Zaxby's sauce, but I'm interested in the
1: salads. All Oh, they have Zalad? They have Zalad. Everything's <laughs> name has a Z on Tremendous. That's it for us today. Before we get to the mailbag, let me say, should old acquaintance be forgotten never brought to mind? Really? Should old acquaintance be forgotten, Days of old Lang Syne? Let me thank Gene McManus, Tori Clark, Jason Lockenfora, Jeff Ma, a Bet the Process, and the great James Carville. And thanks as well to our sponsors today, Simply Safe, HBO Max, where you can now watch Wonder Woman 1984. Remember, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Radio.com. If you get the show through iTunes, please leave us a review. From Jordan Owen in Traverse City, Michigan. Since we're on the topic of northern Michigan, I'd like to report that in the northern parts of the Lower Peninsula, where you'd find myself and Ed Butt residing, that almost a quarter of the civilian vehicles on the road are Subarus. Also, nearly every die-hard cross-country skier, of which we have thousands, seems to drive one, usually five miles an hour beneath the speed limit. If this was not enough, these tassel beanie-wearing, more kid-loving than you folk... Almost universally claimed to be University of Michigan graduates. This triple crown of insufferableness could only possibly be surpassed with the addition of a graduate degree from the Medill School of Journalism at Northwestern, I knew you'd understand. From Kyle. Oh. long time listener first time writer I write to you from Wisconsin to share my holiday experience upon traveling past the snowy steel fields which are as abundant as steel thrives in frigid conditions I arrived at the house of my parents whom I related to by way of birth I knew this year would be different as I was set to meet my sister's new boyfriend I will only say the introduction began prior to even meeting him as I pulled up to the side of a white Subaru taking up multiple street spark- parking spots I went inside with good intentions as maybe this was an abandoned ride share vehicle the evening <laughs> Progressed and I still didn't know to whom the Subaru belonged until we opened gifts. Boyfriend, as we shall call him, hands my mother a gift. Upon opening, uncovered a beautiful Brooklyn and throw. Piercing through the clatter of joy, I simply ask him, Did you use the code? To which I received a dumbfounded gaze. It was then I finally knew to whom owned the Subaru. Much like in The Godfather 2, where Michael's suspicions of Fredo are confirmed, I now hold the fear that the Subaru army has infiltrated my family. Mirror, mirror is definitely folded in. Dear Mr. Tony, a lunar cycle is 28 days, 365 divided by 28 is 13. That means that every year has 13 full moons, with the rare occasion of being 14 full moons every 28 years, excluding leap years. Thank you. I enjoy the show, and you're not a complete idiot. Signed, Liam Talou, age 14. From John Holt in <laughs> Chester, Virginia. While you posited the great question of whether it's us or the moon that is moving, I think you have stumbled onto an even more astounding fact. How can the same moon be in both Washington, D.C. and South Carolina at the same time? If you can figure out the answer to that question, you could revolutionize travel forever. Keep us posted on your daily research and findings. Jim Flynn in Colebrook, Connecticut. Tony, yes, the moon is the same size all the time. Think of it as a tidalist. It looks bigger when it's close and smaller when it's further away. And yes, it has landmass. In fact, the whole thing is a landmass. It's a big rock, no water. As you sit there in your Nehru jacket, please consider these points. Chip Robinson in Mount Pleasant, South Carolina. It was great to hear Chris back on the pod. Could you do me a favor and tell him to eat it? Thanks. From Michael Kochev, congratulations to Lace on his discovery of fire. Looking forward to his next appearance when he details the wood options native to Rehoboth Beach. Please ask Lace if he needs any artisanal ice to go with his Malibu. We have lots of it here in frigid Tillensburg, Ontario, Canada. From Raphael in Midland, Texas, love Saliza. I wish he was my best friend. Don't tell him that. (laughs) From Sam Angel, our friend Sam Angel, now in Silver Spring, Maryland, without a daily commute as we are now solidly in month 10 of working from home, I often find myself a day or two behind on the podcast and therefore without any timely email topics to contribute. But before this year ends, I wanted to write you and wish you and all the crew a safe and happy new year. I'm so thankful to you, Michael and Nigel, for keeping the show going this whole time, but it's been especially great to hear Gary, Jeannie, Liz, Tori, Kevin, and even Chris on recent shows. Most of all, Carol says hi. Most of all, I consider myself extremely lucky to have become even more of a part of the connective tissue, getting a chance to join the Chatter Exiles trivia team a few times before the pandemic hit. So happy new year to all the bigs, littles, and mediums, especially Bobby, Claire, Jeff, Jamie, Dina, Joel, Neil, Jen, Brian, Mark, Karen, everyone else who would have welcomed me into the local Littles fold so quickly and wholeheartedly. Lachiserie, and here's to a much-improved 2021. And from Neil in Rockville to close out the year, that was an interesting explanation for Bob Ryan's lack of appearances over the recent past, because I'm sure, like many Littles, I just presumed it involved his cell phone. If you're out on bike tonight, everyone, as always, do wear white.
7: Okay, we wound up 5-11, not very good. Uh, but there was some worse than us. I guess that's one positive way to look at it. We weren't the worst team in the league.